On the eighth day of Christmas, my sport block sent to me. Happy New Year. It's the first. Oh, it's not. Well, it's not now. It will be. But it is from where we released. <laughs> All right, Stewie, date eight here, eight maids are milking. And while it's a bit spurious, the connection is slightly better than yesterday, isn't it? So very quick intro from us at the top here. Yes, it's true. After now 183 episodes, we're finally at our first ever clip show, The Best of Bloody Hell Part 1. But it's New Year's Day. You might be a bit hungover and in need of a laugh. So now's as good a time as any. Jesus Christ, man, I've got a massive hangover though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I am struggling. I, I feel like we're going to have drinks while I'm over there. I still couldn't work out if you were being serious no, from no, last no, night. or no, if no, you're, no, no, yeah. I'm fine now, but yeah, it's yeah. my wife's... When you think about yes, of course. Yeah, my yes. wife's birthday, my dad's birthday as well on New Year's. So got to celebrate those. So we actually, we appreciate that many of our listeners wouldn't have been along for the entire ride. So we thought we'd go back to the archives and pick out the best of bloody hell from the first 50 episodes. I guess the disclaimer here is that obviously because it's from the early days and there's multiple episodes, we can't guarantee the sound will always be consistent, but we've done our best in the edit. Nate, one thing we probably can guarantee is there'll probably be some crickets in there somewhere. I'm trying to remember if that one made the cut, the, actually. The, the old PSL days were uh, were fraught with danger in regards yeah, well, to no, that, that one episode I don't think made the cut on Best of Bloody Hell, the one that was really bad with the crickets chirping. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've never really disclaimed it before, but I guess keep in mind here that there's some colourful content and at times we check our maturity at the door too, but that's kind of the nature <laughs> of the beast. times? Are you talking about the time before we record every episode, basically? <laughs> so if you're interested in all the old Bloody Hells, check out those timestamps. Alrighty, let's go. And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, the bloody hell this week takes us all the way back to ancient Greece. Logan in Utah, Basil Zamplis and his deplorable pronunciation <laughs> back to Kazakhstan. Mike Tyson, Korea. FC Seoul, who are one of the, the major soccer teams in the capital of South Korea, they were trying to fill up their stadium with mannequins and realistic looking people. But due to an error, they were accidentally sent sex dolls, which um, oh some, some very eagle-eyed viewers managed to pick up, which is um, unfortunate. I did actually see them. They didn't look particularly noticeable. So obviously, whoever picked this up has a very, very solid knowledge of, of the sex doll industry. <laughs> <laughs> probably not something to be overly proud of but uh, but yeah it was it was absolutely fascinating and it, and it led to a, a about a hundred and twenty four thousand dollar fine i believe was what the team was hit with with this day and age with, with not much money coming into the club quite a sizable figure the crazy part though is i actually read a quote from joey chestnut where he finished up and said i'm a little bit bloated but i could still eat more <laughs> well he is the 13th time champion uh, this is the best bit about it it's called the mustard yellow belt so black belt in <laughs> black belt in the martial arts and mustard yellow belt in competitive hot that dog is amazing but what i found really interesting were a lot of the the banners and that was something that i used to enjoy about cricket was the banners a couple of them that really stood out for me though was one that said belt that up you ginger <laughs> Jeez, okay. and another one that said what a poontanger Wow. Okay. So political correctness not exactly high on the agenda back in the late 80s. And Well, look, I can't be too judgmental, Stewie. Some of our best banners that we've done over the years. So if you recall, way back in the day, obviously prior to his passing, Hansi Cronier had a bit of a ball tampering scandal where he was using his foot to try and manipulate the ball yes, a little bit. I remember this. So rather than Hansi Cronier, we did a banner that said Footsie Cronier. Yep. And a little disclaimer on this one. I think we we're only in grade six at the time, but we did... Maybe paint a banner that said, Sean Pollock has no bollocks. 
remember. Which got stolen, i got to yeah. say. So it should. It was like, a But I tell you, we were, we were bloody the most popular kids at the ground. Like, people would walk past pissing themselves. Pollock has no bollocks. That's the sort of thing you'd get in England. <laughs> you know, which is, I, I guess that's why they stole it. We climbed some place we shouldn't have been to hang it up so it got good visibility, hoping to get it on telly. And then at, at the end of the match, when we went back to retrieve it, it was gone. So some buggers had stolen yeah. it. I think you've actually forgotten another one of the Hartsy Cronier banners. What's the other one? Hartsy the Builder. Oh, Hansi the Builder, can he fix it? Can yes, he, he can. Because this was after the, the match-fixing allegations. Yeah. It was, I believe it, obviously. Oh, uh, we had did. some good years with banners back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so I remember this one where you, you guys painted a, a picture of Bob the Builder, but put Hansi's... That's right. Again, in. we printed off the yeah the glossy head on top of the rest yeah. painted on the sheet. So yeah. Some absolute classics. Well, so in summation, one of the greatest injustices in the world of cricket was them getting rid of the banners. I'm sorry if I hijacked your segment there, Stewie, a little bit, but it just reminded me of all the funny banners that we've done. You've been involved it's, anyway. It's easy to get excited about that sort of <laughs> stuff. So, Well, I honestly never thought that when I started doing this segment, I would ever mention Family Feud. But we <laughs> saw an absolutely hilarious moment in a recent episode involving NFL legends versus rising stars. So Bruce Smith, who I will mention is a Hall of Famer, an 11-time Pro Bowl player, the NFL's all-time leader in sacks. He was playing the fast money round at the end of the game. The question given to him was, if Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer? Well, funny you say that. Going second, Smith answered hammer, which had already been set. So the bit bit comes out. So with a ton of other options, you know, you could go screwdriver, you could go wrench, whatever you want to be. He stutters for a bit and decides to go with (laughs) penis. Where does this come from, honestly? Survey says... Oh, wow. Steve Harvey made it even better by starting another question before turning to the audience with the line, What the fuck did he say? Yeah, that was great. Steve Harvey initially decided to just just continue, and then he was like, No, No. I'm not wasting this opportunity. No. It was, honestly, it was right up there, almost as bad as the time Pedro Martinez answered the question, Name a word that rhymes with yummy with Miami. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, so, yes, Captain Hook's handyman penis hand gets this week's bloody hell. So back in the late 1980s, when Tyson was in his early 20s, he was one of the scariest guys on the planet. Hell, at 53, he still is. But yeah, I watched some straight. footage from his early fights just today, and he was so quick and powerful. It was, oh, it was so scary. Anyway, he was on a romantic night out with his then-wife, Robin Gibbons, and bribed a zookeeper to keep the zoo open just for them so that they could enjoy a private stroll around with the animals. Oh, that sounds romantic. It is. But when they approached the ape enclosure, Tyson noticed one of the alpha males bullying the rest of the group and had an idea. <laughs> he then proceeded to offer the zookeeper the equivalent of 14000 Australian dollars to, quote, open the cage and let me smash that silverback snot box. You mean, can you please open the cage and let me smash that snot <laughs> <Not> box? <laughs> <laughs> the zookeeper declined. Thank goodness one of them had some sense, but it actually reminded me of some of the other mismatched animal versus human fights. We've got that Aussie bloke, uh, Greg Tonkins, who delivered a vicious right hand to the face of a kangaroo that had his dog in a headlock. That's right, yep. There's the time a Canadian guy beat the living daylights out of a cougar as it attacked his dog outside of Tim Hortons. Or the time a guy in Florida punched a nine-foot gator in the eye for trying to eat his dog. I think the lesson here is don't get a dog. (laughs) But I guess for wanting to go face-to-face with a silverback gorilla, and keep in mind that adult males, for the record, average about six feet tall and 400 pounds, Mike Tyson well and truly earns this week's bloody hell. 
Reese McGuire being caught masturbating in his car outside a shopping centre. Oh, dear. He was fined $450 after initially being charged with exposure of sexual organs, a first-degree misdemeanor punishable by up to a year in jail and a fine of up to $1,000. He was asked why he didn't just go home and made the comment, I don't know, I just parked, basically. Really, really poor. So, uh, two two balls, one strike, am I right? (laughs) Well, it gives a whole new meaning to the term at bat. It does. So I've had a look and I've come up with a list of 10 other players who were caught masturbating <laughs> in public. No, no, just just kidding. Obviously not. Stewie, did you ever know the meaning of the bases? I know home, getting to home is sex, but what's third and, you know, second and first and... Uh, well, I'd have to imagine making out is probably first base. Uh, heavy petting, as they call it, would be second base, I'd imagine. Everything probably leading up to sex is probably third base. And, and having a wank in the car is just being in the batter's cage. That's, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> He's, he didn't, didn't even make it up to bat. Well, actually, he did. But. <laughs> Basil Zampolis and his deplorable pronunciation of Giannis Antetokounmpo's name. Now, look, admittedly, it's a difficult name the first time you see it. I remember guys like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson having fun with it when Giannis burst onto the scene, but... He's been an all-star for four years now. He's the reigning MVP. And Basil's a professional sports commentator. Who did Wildcats games for a while, so he's done basketball. Exactly. So for a man with a Greek background like Zemplis, Giannis Ante Tokotomitou is just utterly hideous. <laughs> and topping it off by saying that he was rejected from the game instead of ejected, and going with Damian Lillard instead of Lillard, it's just not good enough. No, there's so. no excuse for that one. Yeah, he makes Giannis's name sound like he's from the Solomon Islands or something. The vice president of the Georgian Rugby Union was arrested after shooting a player in the leg. Yeah. Mera Basilia was charged with the illegal purchase, possession and carrying of a firearm and for intentionally lightly wounding a person after shooting Ramaz Karazishvili in the leg. So Basilia could be jailed for up to three years while Karazishvili will be just fine barring some kind of infection causing sepsis. Mm. There's a couple I wanted to talk about from the NBA. Go on. So, famously, Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenson had a fight involving guns which was traced to a card game on a team plane where Arenas said it, it was about calling his bluff after Crittenson lost on a hand won by JaVale McGee. So, Javaris apparently said to JaVale, so you're just going to let me lose my money like that? You ain't going to be a real bitch and give me a chance to get my money back. Arenas responded, Javaris, I will burn your car while you're in it. <laughs> then we'll find an extinguisher to help your ass out. And Crittenson says, well, I'll just shoot you then. To which Arenas responded, man, I'll bring you the guns to shoot me. Two days later, it all he went down. Yeah, it yeah. went down in the locker room. Yeah. Hey, motherfucker, come pick one, Arenas said, as he told Crittenson. <sighs> and he pointed the four unloaded guns that he just laid down. I'm going to shoot your ass with one of these. But then Crittenson pulled out a loaded gun before Caron Butler actually managed to calm them down. Jeez. Crittenson's now serving 23 years for voluntary manslaughter, though, which shows he probably would have pulled the trigger. Wow. The other one that I actually didn't realise, though, uh, had happened was when he was with the Indiana Pacers, Stephen Jackson allegedly pulled a gun out during an, a night out with some teammates. So he got into an early morning fight outside a strip club in Indianapolis and fired at least five shots in the air. Jeez. So Jackson and two of his teammates had their guns seized by police, but Jackson was the only player charged and pleaded not guilty to charges of battery, disorderly conduct, and felony criminal recklessness. A plea lessened his felonies to misdemeanors, and he was charged $5,000, sentenced to 100 hours of community service, and suspended for seven games. What year was that? Seven games? Yeah. Well, if America was, and guns. If he was with Indiana, it would have been, what, 2007-ish? I'm trying to see where it's in relation to Malice in the Palace. So there have been loads of massive multi-leg bets over the years, but this one might actually top the lot. So the BMW PGA Championship at the Wentworth Club in Surrey was on over the weekend, and a sports bet punter put on a 20-leg bet 
betting on the outcomes of 22-ball head-to-head matchups. He nailed every single one of them. Wow. And turned $1 into nearly $680,000. Oh, I bet he wish he put 10 bucks down. Well, yeah. Well, he probably wished he put a million bucks down. Well, he also probably assumed that that dollar was just being flushed out yes, the toilet. Yes, but, yes, That's nuts. But, I mean, you could sit there and do those sorts of 20-leg bets for the rest of your life and probably never get all 20 of them right. Where a 12-year-old boy became the latest unfortunate victim in the sport of javelin. Oh, dear. After being impaled... In the groin. Oh, I could see where that was going. Yep. The boy was treated on site by a school nurse. Poor thing for having to deal with that as well. Oh, yes. And Queensland Fire and Emergency Services assisted in removing most of the javelin before he was transported to hospital in a stable condition. Oh, I've, most of. I have, Yeah, well, they had to leave some of it in. In his bollocks. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they said groin. I don't oh, You geez. just assume that, but yeah. Oh. I have thrown a javelin once in my lifetime, and the thing absolutely shit whipped me in the side of the head. <laughs> I can assure you I retired from the sport on the spot. The unfortunate case of cyclist Diego Moreno. Now, wearing head-to-toe lycra when you're not a professional can really make you look like a big enough prick on your own. (laughs) But Moreno was cycling with a couple of mates when his bike hit a pothole, which threw him over his handlebars straight into a cactus bush. Oh, it's terrible. Leaving him with thousands of thorns stuck in his body. The worst part about it all, though, is he was just trying to do it for fitness. So he can't even say he endured that pain for any reason other than general fitness. So he was taken to hospital later on after they extract literally hundreds and thousands of these things. Find the picture. It is terrible. But he's apparently fine. So the Gators were having a pretty good season. They were 8-1. and one. They were playing LSU, who were 3-5, and five, playing like shit themselves, ravaged by COVID, heap of their best players not playing because of the rest of the season being pretty much a waste of time. And I mean, why would you risk it when you're rubbish? Somehow, though, they find themselves tied at 34 with less than two minutes left in the game. Now, on third and 10, the Gators get a huge stop, but defender Marco Wilson decided to pick up the LSU player's shoe and hurl it downfield. Mm. The result, Nathan? Fucking stupidity. <laughs> I was meaning more unsportsmanlike yeah, conduct. Yeah, yeah. unsportsmanlike. <laughs> it's a, that's the flag for unsportsmanlike conduct. The, the minute you told me the Ten- story, I knew it was going to lead to a flag. It was yeah. really stupid. 10-yard penalty, automatic first down. Holy shit. A few plays later, though, the LSU kicker, Cade York, kicked a field goal from 57 yards through the sort of fog you would need a lighthouse to navigate. Like, it was insane. Clutch. yeah. So Evan McPherson, who was the kicker for the Gators, tried from 51 yards to answer on the last play, missed, game over. The big issue with that loss, though, is that had Florida won and then beaten Alabama in the SEC championship game, now I know that's a big call because Alabama is an amazing football team. Oh, yes, powerhouse. But had that happened, they're into the playoff for the national championship. Yep, big stakes, huge stakes. And look, I don't think they would have beat Alabama, but hey, you never know. Like I always say, there's a reason you play the games. Who throws a shoe, honestly? (laughs) During the Ravens match against, of all teams, the Browns, oh, so appropriate. Jackson, Jackson <laughs> headed back to the locker room mid-game, supposedly suffering from cramps and to get an IV drip. Now, I don't know about you, Nate, but I think we've all done the crap walk before. That was well and truly a crap walk. <laughs> so uh, obviously this brings up memories of the Paul Pierce incident in the 2008 finals against the Lakers when he was carried off, apparently overcome with cramps, only to reveal earlier this year that he'd accidentally soiled himself. But Jackson was very quick to say he hadn't followed in Pierce's footsteps, which is true. I mean, it was a different toilet for starters. Yeah, and it wasn't finals. Yeah, yep. It wasn't final. That's true. But as usual, there were some absolute belters from the Twitterverse, including the following. Who looks like he's going for two. 
Lamar oh. Jackson taking on the Browns. Oh, uh, yes. Load management works. <laughs> the Browns had to respect Jackson's runs. Ooh. And I even saw a tweet from a Taylor Rook saying, who in the post game is going to ask Lamar if he was pooping? <laughs> which is, you know, simple, but it works well. This has had more coverage than the actual game itself, which the Ravens won 47 to 42. Oh, absolute filter. So, so Justin Tucker nailed a 55-yard field goal with two seconds left to give the Ravens a three-point lead and a multilateral play from the Browns. I think there was about seven lateral passes before they basically ended up back in their own end zone for a safety and the final score. But even more nuts was that the safety actually saw the Ravens cover the spread, which apparently cost some bookmakers millions. And the other thing, of course, is a very storied history between the two teams because the old Cleveland Browns left and relocated to Baltimore where they became the Ravens. And then the league allowed for a new team, which had the old name, the Cleveland Browns, to come back in as well. So they have a very inexplicably linked history and no doubt this is a very interesting chapter in it. A couple of other ones, Shuri. Uh, Matty Renshaw in India and Timmy Payne, wasn't he at the Ashes? Didn't he follow through at the Ashes as well? He definitely wet himself. I don't know if he pooped, but I think oh, okay. he might have done. Which, but he was he was very candid about it. I mean, there's a yeah, I remember the great, to the game. The great cricketer blokes were talking about how just everyone seems to have forgotten about that fairly recently, actually. So yeah, I respect that. That is a guy who wants to win a game of cricket more than anything in the world. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to stand up and say, "Yep, I did that." Fair play to him, Captain's Knock. <laughs> Yuri Tolochko, a bodybuilder from Kazakhstan, the number one exporter of potassium. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so Yuri Tolochko has found love and he got married. Great news. Yeah. To a sex doll. That he dated for eight months before he popped the question (laughs) after meeting her at a nightclub. Luckily, he was the only one who popped as well. But uh, Uh, eight months. I'm sorry, mate. You're moving far too fast. Uh, yeah, I know. Calm yeah. down. Jeez. But uh, no, the, the wedding was postponed twice, once by COVID and once after Tolochko suffered a broken nose and a concussion after dressing up as a woman for a transgender rally. I'm guessing the first one was postponed because her family couldn't be shipped over in the boxes because of the <laughs> mail delay. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Oh, dear. Now, look, both of them were said to be stiff on the wedding night. And in a turn up for the books, he gave her the blowjob. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? I'll tell you what, I have to say this, though. The dress was lovely. You do have to give her that. (laughs) But he seemed to have found an incredible loophole in sports betting. So he managed to get tickets to the Super Bowl, found out that you could bet on there being a streaker in the game, which was paying about $7. So he's whacked down enough money to make nearly half a million dollars on it. And then when the game was over in the fourth quarter, he's hopped out onto the field in a little mankini and did it himself. Figured just take all the guesswork out of it. He spent a night in jail and was charged less than a thousand bucks for bail. So pretty good deal. Yep. Spoke to Kyle and Jackie O on the radio about it the days following. And Jackie O was a little bit skeptical about whether the bookies would actually pay out on it. And she was right. Well, not only that, there's been a lot of speculation that it was all a publicity stunt anyway, and the bet wasn't even placed. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that part. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not surprisingly, the bookies have cancelled all bets to do with him and they've said, we will continue to make sure that any publicity stunts or ill-intended behaviour cannot adversely affect the outcome of a player's wager. 
On a side note, I did see a hilarious tweet saying the Super Bowl streaker has more yards than the Chiefs have all game. <laughs> so that was really cool. Now he had the same branding on his mankini that a woman had streaking at the Super Bowl last year for a porn site, uh, which is why a lot of people okay. think that the bets were never even placed right. and it was just free advertising well, and very sense. effective free advertising. Very effective. Yeah, yeah. Now it did get me looking into some of the craziest wages that have gone on out there. I've got a couple. Now Roy McElroy's dad. Yeah, this is great. At the age of 15... He bet that Rory would win a British Open within 10 years. Yep. And he won £100,000 on it. Absolutely crazy. So when Rory was 24, he won the the Open by two shots, which is an amazing achievement. But yeah, to have that much fun. Oh, yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's a fantastic. I remember hearing that when it happened. I was like, what a story. This yeah. is magnificent. I also saw one where a guy who was really annoyed with himself for not betting on Roger Federer to win the 2003 Wimbledon crown bet that he would win six more by 2019. And he landed over £100,000. Now, unfortunately, he died before it happened, but he left the betting slip to the Oxfam charity who were able to collect the prize, which is really lovely. Cool. Yeah. Also saw one where a bloke bet £67 on a jockey winning seven races in one day, walked away with more than £550,000. Crikey. And my personal favourite, because it's controversial, was Gino DeFelice bet $5 on a 15-leg NFL multi, which came down to a game between Seattle and Green Bay. Now, what's the most famous game you can think of between the Seahawks and Packers? Ah, the Fail Mary. The Fail Mary. Also known as the inaccurate reception or the inter-touchdown deception. (laughs) (laughs) When two players came down with the ball from opposite teams, but they missed a pass interference call that should have been an interception. And the YouTube comment is so good. It's like Russell Wilson made NFL history by becoming the first ever quarterback to throw a game-winning interception. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I, like I actually that. saw that game too. Yeah. Yeah. Replacement refs, I think. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was. Yeah. 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 I think that was part of the controversy. Yeah. But yeah, how cool is that? You know, winning a 15 leg multi because of a, oh, that's a crazy. botched call. Yeah. Yep. So nuts. Now, they weren't all positive. A young student had so much faith in Angola in the African Cup of Nations. Oh, this one. He bet his entire 4,400 British pounds student loan on them to beat Mali. Oh. Doing so with Angola up 4 0 with 11 minutes to go in the game. Big man, what a bet. Oh, crazy. It would have earned him a mere 44 pounds. Yeah, someone needs to explain risk reward to him. Marley scored four, including two in injury time to yeah. draw the game for all, and the kid lost it all. Oh. Ouch. I hope he wasn't studying accounting, Stewie. Uh, well, I wouldn't think so. Oh, shit. A sport called pancreatium. Now, this was a brutal Olympic sport. Two men would basically face off in a fight with very few rules. And very little clothing. And well, yes, very, very little clothing. (laughs) The only rules were that the fighters could not bite, gouge, or attack each other's dicks. Pretty fair. Fair, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But anything else was fair game. So the aim of the match was to beat up your opponent until they submitted. Pretty simple. During one of the ancient Olympics, a fighter by the name of Arikion won the Pancrateon contest in a rather unusual way. He found himself in a pretty rough spot being held in a chokehold by his competitor. Now, Arikion managed to reach down to his opponent's leg and actually broke the other fighter's ankle. Ouch. Mm. Not surprisingly, this made the other fighter submit, which is great for him, and Arikion was victorious. But Slight problem, though. It was only then that the judges actually realised that Arikion had actually been suffocated to death during the chokehold, so he's passed away. Oh, that's crazy. However, Arikion's corpse was still given the victor's crown and paraded through the streets in celebration. Kind of like this whole weekend at Bernie's feel. <laughs> Weekend at a Ricky Ons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh man, it it just it screams ancient Europe. It really does. The fact that they would do that. <laughs> there are absolutely countless ridiculous stories throughout the ancient and modern Olympics. The match between Devin Goodell and Ketag Pliyev. So this one comes with a bit of a disclaimer. It's a bit yuck. <laughs> During the second round of this match, the umpire of the match had to stop it because Pliyev was missing a finger. Yep. Goodell had a hold of Pliyev's glove in the second round and somewhere along the line, he's basically snapped one of the fingers. What's even crazier about all of this is that Pliyev kept going until the end of the round with a basically a snapped finger. It was almost snapped off. Mm. Now, what he's actually said was, when the second round was finished, I see my bone was out in the open. I wanted to keep fighting because I felt like I had this guy. Did you, though? Killer instinct. Did you with a snapped <laughs> finger? Like, what, what a wackadoodle. <laughs> How funny was the commentary, though, hey? They were so dumbfounded. Yeah. Where is it? What, what's happened? Is, is it gone? Is his finger gone? <laughs> the the organiser, Rob Hayder, actually said that officials started searching the cage for the finger and they asked the crowd to do likewise. Wow. Imagine sitting front row of that and yeah. being asked to look for a finger. Yeah, yeah. But mm. after all that time, it was in his glove. Yep. It, it's kind of like when you can't find your keys and they're in your pocket, except it's a lot grosser. I can't get over how calm Flair was, though, through this whole thing. Haydak actually mentioned he didn't even flinch. He was getting ready to do the official decision, and I was like, uh, guys, get him out of the cage and go put his finger back on. <laughs> they, they've managed to reattach the finger, but holy hell. Or perhaps bloody hell. Bloody hell, indeed. So for the doctor calling it off, Pliev trying to flip him the bird and not actually being able to... <laughs> One of the greatest finishes to a 4 by 200 meter relay you're ever going to see. Gracie Laney was absolutely miles ahead. She had the entire home straight to herself. She'd won the race. Or so she thought. <laughs> Sport can be an absolute dog sometimes, and never has this been truer. Enter Holly, a golden noodle. Yes, that's a golden retriever poodle cross. She broke free of her owner, raced onto the track, closing in and overtaking Laney with a few metres to spare before cutting across her. Yeah, that's the bitch. <laughs> she was disqualified for leaving her lane, though. What a bitch. <laughs> we actually have some breaking news. <laughs> Our good friends, bodybuilder Yuri Tolochko and his wife and real-life sex doll Margot. Seems that, unfortunately, Yuri and Margot spent Christmas apart. Oh, Shui, so did Yuri not get his white Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 maybe not the one he was hoping for, no. Margot was instead in another Kazakh city with another man. Oh, scandal. Yeah, hopefully he's fixing her because Yuri managed to break her. And thus breaking news. Thus breaking news indeed. <laughs> oh, dear. There's no real information yet on how she was broken, so you can be as juvenile as you want with that. But it kind of brings new meaning to the phrase, he broke her in two. So, Shuri, perhaps he needed to make a sex tape of sorts, a sticky tape. <laughs> Oh, it just keeps giving me some. <laughs> so, yes, in recent times, Margot's Instagram presence has really diminished as she's been receiving a lot of attention on there, presumably from other men who prefer dolls to real women. But I assume she's also pretty good at taking a photo due largely to her ability to stay still while she's being <laughs> photographed, I guess. But the good news is Yuri and Margot are in the market for a new house in Nur Sultan, though maybe something with decent cupboard space for all of her accessories like her pump and varnish and wipes and all that sort of stuff. Somewhere with rounded edges, not too many sharp. Rounded edges are a must. All I can say is, Ratu Kalori Narakam Kwanditozak Aimatiri Kolasi Krovaviad Yashkmash Bloody hell. Bloody hell.